This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. Hello, my name is Rich. Today we have Nick Riker, who is a Spartan pro athlete and a running coach. And Nick has developed himself into one of the best racers in the world through basically trial and error. And things did not always come easy to Nick when it comes to OCR, but he's learned some different methods for training uh, through his ups and downs. And he really has a wealth of knowledge from this experience that he pops on and shares with us. So in the episode, we talk about some tips on how to properly hit your recovery day, why you need to test and experiment with your own training to get the best results, and how aggressive racing can lead to good results uh, eventually. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, You can do that right now. That would be great. And also click on the link below if you're preparing for your 2020 race season and you want help with the coaching of reinforced running. You can find that link below. All right, so let's do it. Welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I'll be your host today. Today joining me is Nick Riker. Nick, what's up, bro? Nothing much. How you doing? Doing awesome, man. I'm happy to have caught up with you. We were just talking shop a little bit on Jacksonville and uh, the race we both have coming up this weekend. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. And we're really going to kind of talk some training and uh, OCR and running. But first, I have some random questions for you. All right. Hit me. Okay. So would you rather be without the internet for a week or without your phone for a week? Um, I'm going to say without my phone. You'd rather I, not have your phone? Yeah, I need, to, I need to stop. That would give me a good excuse to stop being addicted to my phone. Isn't it crazy? Like, yeah. When you have it, I, I, think, I always think about going on some sort of phone fast or like uh-huh. putting it down for – at one time I was like, I'm going to put it down for two weeks. And then I was like, maybe I'll put it down for a day. And I just haven't done it. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have a lock on my phone from 11 to 1 every day. Well, I can't get into any of my apps. Like, so I can still text or call somebody, but I can't get into any of my apps. And sometimes it's like, like, that's my lunch break. And I just want to look at stuff, but I, I, I try not to. What is that app called? It's not, it's just, uh, it's just in your settings. And oh, I, oh it's just the yeah. thing, but you can bypass that, right? You can say, yeah, ignore. You can say like, yeah, I can say ignore for 15 minutes or ignore for a half an hour, which, you know, sometimes I do, but I try not to. It's just even having that one little step, even sometimes if I'll take something that I'm in a lot and I just put it in a folder and I know it's not really that accessible, it slows me down. But if I really want to get on there, I know I can. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish there was something like I think there is some sort of child lock situation that you can get. Yeah, there has to be. And where you just can't use it. And like you give the password to like Like, your parents parents or your girlfriend and then they have to be the ones that override it. Yeah, there has to be something like that out there. What what gets you the most? What do you like? What what's the thing that like when your when your brain oh is like God. broken? You know how you just like gravitate toward your phone. Yeah, like, what do you always just, end up on? Just social media is so dumb. Like <laughs> you know, you go from Instagram to Twitter, and as soon as you get off Twitter, you just go back to Instagram. Like nothing's changed. Why am I on here? <sighs> and even if things did change, like what you would find, like what do be I that need cool. to know? Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be cool. Um, I just downloaded TikTok. Have you? Do you have that? No, I'm. I thought I was too old for that. I'm way too old for that. Yeah, but I was. So what I'm thinking about it is, you know, there's always. So Instagram was for younger people, and now like older uh-huh. people are getting on it, and it's like ruining Instagram. And but there's people that were like established on Instagram by the time everybody migrated over. So like, 
I could be that established old person on TikTok when the other old people come over. This is what I'm thinking. But <laughs> um, but TikTok is an ultimate time waster. You don't even have to click it. I've never been on it. Like I don't even like I asked some of my friends, like I have to ask my friends, like what what is it? Because I'm the like the older person, like not the, I'm not the technology. You're an old soul. Yeah. Old soul. <laughs> but it just pops up and you don't even have to click anything. It just starts playing videos. Like you don't even have to do anything. Like Vine? I think it, I, I didn't I didn't have Vine. I missed that one. Okay. But you I think it. it's I think it's like Vine. Okay. Um anyway. So what is waste, the what is I used something? To waste hours on Vine. What's that? I used to waste hours on Vine. Yeah. And it's like the same deal because it's like short videos of just uh-huh. people. Um so I think it is the same. I think the Vine famous people are now yeah, famous that makes on. Sense. TikTok. Um, so what is something you get excited about that other people don't care about other than running? Yeah. So, um, I'm a basketball official mm. and whenever I about, I'm about to see a charge or like, you know, when somebody's about to take a charge or take a block and I see just the most perfect charge call and like, I just get to like <laughs> blow my whistle hard and just like th- throw my fists for the charge call. That that gets me excited. You do an emphatic charge. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, especially if it's like a big momentum in the game, like like big momentum switch. Like I'll I'll do like a hop, a hop, and I punch the air with the charge mm. ball. That, that gets me going. Sometimes basketball officials they have like a flair for the dramatic that way, and then they they'll like do the same hop, and you don't know if they're going to call charge, but they'll emphatically call a block. The block. Yeah. yeah. Or you can do that. Or you can we, do that. <laughs> do you do that? Like, do you build suspense, yeah. or is it obvious when you get excited? It's like, oh, this is a charge. When when it's obviously a charge, like no matter what, I usually do a hop. If it's a charge call, if it's a block, I usually <laughs> just, I usually stand there firmly for a block, and I just I just smack my hips really hard. It's less fun because blocks are way more like everybody loves blocks yeah what's that yeah you, everybody you, loves charges except the person who is taking the charge yeah, the person exactly, that doesn't yeah. like the charge <laughs> good answer um what is your favorite fast food restaurant mcdonald's that's straight big. up it's what's, your, what's the order um two mcdoubles and a fry nice yeah is that are those both dollar menu items yeah that's what I mean, every day in college, that's what I ate. That's what you needed. Devils <laughs> in a small fry. That's all I needed. There's something about like if I went to a good like gourmet burger place and they gave me a burger and it tastes like a Big Mac, I'm fired up. I'm like, this tastes just like a Big Mac. This is yeah. a great burger. Yeah, um, it's like we have so many fast food places in my town, but I just it's McDonald's. Like, if there's a question, I just go to McDonald's. Are there Midwest specific? Like, do you know, like in your town, like if there's something that like they don't have out west or i don't have over here east coast no the the only thing i could think of is a general store store called casey's general store it's like mm-hmm. a gas station but like i go there a lot of times in the mornings and like i get my breakfast there and um they have like breakfast pizza like their sauce is like gravy instead of like pizza sauce is gravy and they have eggs on it and like, bacon like and beef gravy butter. like yeah put on turkey really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, white gravy, white gravy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, you put on biscuits and gravy, that kind of stuff. Um, and like, I'll swing through there. I was like a bunch of protein on it. I'll get that. Um, that's the only thing I could think of. We don't have anything special. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we have something similar over this way called, um, Wawa. 
and it's like the same exact thing. It's just like a gas station with yeah. um, subs. We call them hoagies. So, mm-hmm. but so I, I gotcha. Um, all right. So McDonald's guy. So if you were in the zombie apocalypse, what, who would be three people that you would have on your team and why? Okay. My dad. Okay. Smartest guy I've ever met. It's good to have uh, brains on board. Yeah. I don't know if he has survivor skills. He's just smart. Like, We'll, we'll 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 be okay with him. Decision maker, yeah. Um, oh man, probably my friend Jordan. He's a hunter. Oh, so nice. He can, he can hunt. Um, so got to have him. He's 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 not in shape. So if, you'll, be the, uh, you, you'll go gather the hunt when he'll, he'll shoot yeah. it down. Yeah, he'll he'll, run, shoot it, it he'll down. Go run it down. Yeah, yeah. So about like if he like if we had to stop like we're running he'll have to stop and get some air. And so I don't know, but Hunter, he's a hunter. I need him. And then, um, Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm going to say like a physical therapist or somebody that could just like, or a doctor that could just treat people. A doctor is the move. Yeah. yeah. That's like, like you have to have someone who's like, e, like an ER doctor, like a surgeon yeah. or something. That... Oh, oh shoot. My brother, he's a nurse. He's an emergency room nurse. There we oh, go. There you go. Yeah. There we go. That was easy. And then you know all three of those people, so you know it would be like relatively pleasant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I like that. That's a good squad. All right, so I knew you were a basketball official. So when James Harden, when he like gathers himself and like walks backwards and sideways with the ball, how is that not a travel? I don't know. I, I, let me tell you something. I am the worst at calling travels. I just don't see him. No, really? On, on TV, I can see him. It's clear day on TV, but then in person – I just do not see him because you don't, the you fast. don't ever, you don't, the fast, like, but I coach mostly, I do mostly high school, but like, you don't ever look at the feet. Mm-hmm. You look at the defender, like, are they reaching in or are they fouling? And sometimes you just miss it. Um, so they yell at you a lot. Are people always just like, like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I like, you kind of like, so I've been doing it for a while. So like parents, they don't bother me anymore coaches they don't really bother me the players it's fine like but i i know i get yelled at um but you can't let it affect you or you're not gonna be a good official but james harden yeah i don't know how he gets away with it every time maybe because the games are so long in the nba the refs just want to get out of there so you blow your whistle the clock stops right <laughs> and, and like and there's 80 82 games yeah um and like i guess my like officials you, you just want to get the game going because you don't get paid for overtime. You don't get paid if the game's three hours. Like I show up, the game's 70 bucks. If it's 30 minutes or two hours, I get 70 bucks no matter what. So like, right. Get in and get out. Like, <laughs> nobody, like, nobody get injured. Call what you see and get out. Did you watch the all-star game? Yeah. I watched about the first quarter and some of the second quarter. I just saw some, some highlights, but I saw like in the fourth quarter that the, the players were in the refs faces at the end of the yeah, game. They, were, well, heated. they had that new rule. They had the um, first like 24 points. The yeah. There's some, there is some name fourth. for the, the rule. It's some guy's name like created it. I know they did the 24 for Kobe, but I know yeah. there's some, there's some name behind it that I don't know. Yeah. And I saw like people like, taking charges in it and like fouling and they got all excited. Were, yeah. The, <laughs> the reps actually had to like, like, oh, crap, we better call something here because um, <laughs> they don't have to do that in the all-star games in the past. Yeah, they brought that. This is like just easy paycheck. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Awesome job. 
got it through the questions. So now just like, let the listeners know who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself as an athlete and a coach. Uh, yeah, so um, 24 years old, live in Southern Illinois my whole life, same house my entire life. Grew up playing all kinds of sports. In high school, I did cross country, basketball, baseball, and track all four years. My dad was my principal, so it was easy to like just do everything and be at the school the whole time. Um, I wasn't good at anything. I was just average. <laughs> Generalist. Yeah, I was just average at everything. Like, I got hundredth at state and cross country. Like, like there's two hundred people that run the state meet, and I got a hundred. So dead average. It's very dead average. Very average. <laughs> average basketball. I probably had more turnovers and points, you know, baseball, couldn't hit a curveball and track. I was, I was okay. At tra- that was probably my best sport was track. And then, um, went to college, went to a junior college for cross country and track. I begged the coach. He, he graduated from my high school a long time ago. I was like, Hey, I never got to focus on running. Let me focus on it. I probably can do okay at it. So gave me a scholarship, went there two weeks later, he quit. So the guy who gave me a scholarship wasn't even my coach anymore. We got a new coach. And then, um, yeah, that was my first time running, like, actually running a lot. Um, you know, in high school, coach was awesome, but we only did, like, it's embarrassing to say, but we probably only did, like, 15 to 20 miles a week in high school. Yeah, and that's, like, normal. Yeah, and we would race, like, three times a week, four times a week, just, like, race yourself in shape kind of crap. Um, then I got to college, and um, – going 50 miles a week from going like from 10 to 50 miles a week was like the biggest shock of my life and i got really fast but i just could not race fast i don't know what it was made it the uh made it to nationals in track in the 1500 got second to last but i went there <laughs> what division was that it was junior college division one. Oh, nice yeah yeah i actually um i, I got to the storyline and um it was kind of cool because you know illinois went through like a budget crisis where like all schools had to cut something and like they were going to cut our cross country and track team so um we got to finish out our track season we all knew this was our last track race and like it was nationals and i was the last track athlete ever compete for my college (laughs) like and like my coach is like just just stick with them and like and like try to get them at the end i'm like i can't kick i'll kick anybody and I looked to my and I looked to my left like these guys run way faster than me. So you I could have just... you could have almost been like the subject of like a really cool movie ending. <laughs> I really could. like we had good runners come to our college, and we had a couple of national championships. Uh, I can't think of the one hundred meter runner, but he he anchored the four by one in the Olympics when like USA ran against Jamaica and like he almost outkicked Bolt. Uh, hmm. I think 2012 Olympics. His last name was Bailey. I can't think of his first name. He went there. We had another Donovan Olympic. Bailey? Not Donovan Bailey? No, 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 that's not it. Um, but then we anyway. had another 800 meter runner. He went to the Olympics when he like ran like a 144, 145, something ridiculous. Um, yeah, but then it's a funny story. Like, I was like, all right, I'll go in my nationals race. I'm going to go as fast as I can for as long as I can because I can't hang with these guys. I split like a 201, the first 800. I'm in the lead. And then by the 900 mark, everybody catches me. I burn up so fast. But I was I was leading the country for 800 meters. I always tell people that. Yeah, you went out yeah. after it. 
So yeah. did they even go with you or did you, were you no, out by not yourself? A single, not a single person. No, there was not a 404 miler in that field. <laughs> no, not a single person went with me. <laughs> um, it was a really tactical race and they probably knew I was going to burn out really fast. But then, um, so yeah, that was my last track race, 2015. And um, we were done. There was, we got to keep our scholarship. So that's why I stayed at the college because I was thinking about going to a four-year university to run. But then I was like, I just, I didn't run that whole summer. And I was like, you know, I actually kind of like not having to run every day. And I started adding, I started working out a bunch, started adding a bunch of muscle. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't really like being a really skinny person anymore. Like I gained a lot of muscle. Um, so I just stopped running for like a year or two. And then um, Spartan Race, my best friend, his name is, um, his name is Jordan. Not the Hunter one, the, my other friend, Jordan. And friends uh, named Jordan. I have three great friends named Jordan. <laughs> um, but this one, Jordan G, we'll call him. He, um, he, did, a, he did a Spartan Race and um, down at Fort Campbell. And he was like, you should try one. You'll probably be really good at it. I was like, I probably would be. Like, I had no idea what it meant. I thought people were like, just, you know, ninjas, but they couldn't run. So I signed up for the Atlanta one in 2016. I went down there, didn't train at all. I just thought I was going to walk through this thing. Um, I was like, I'm a cross country runner. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And, um, Robert Killen was there the year after we won nationals. And um, I went out with him and then like, like for like five minutes, and then I um I got like 90th place. I did like 120 burpees and I got 90th place and I finished like 45 minutes behind Robert Killian, I remember. And my dad went with me and I was like, he's like, Nick, I just I don't think this is for you. And I was like, no, this is for me. 100 percent This is for me. And then I've just been hooked. I got back into running and um I kept my muscle on and I kind of just fell in love with it again. Fell completely back in love with running 100 percent it was crazy how that would happen. Um, so yeah, I'm back up to like 45, 50 miles a week. And like, like I actually just love it. Like in college, we used to do it. We used to go fast every single day and I hated it. And now I just, now I just love it though. Cause I just do my own thing. Yeah. And, and we've had some conversations in the past about that kind of college yeah. mentality. And when, like from my experience, and I think many college runners experience is this like their job, a college coach is to get like the top seven or top five, even the best runners on the starting line. So a lot of times they'll just take a really hard program and just like throw everybody at it. And it takes some time to really, and usually it's just like the best, the only seven runners that remain and everybody else either burns yeah. out or gets hurt. So you seem to have had this kind of moment that clicked where, okay, doing your own thing and like kind of focusing on recovery. So like, what kind of things have you done to like really help that like recovery so that you are really absorbing your training? Well, I got to start with like, so in college, like all, all of our runs, like eight mile to 10 mile runs, it was like six fifteen pace or like, like you might not have a scholarship next year. I was like, oof, that's kind of crazy. You know? know? And it's like, that's a, a junior college like yeah and that, that's the yeah. mentality there it's crazy and um you know and it took me you know when i those two years when i kind of just quit running and when i started going back into running i had that same mindset it was like six fifteen, six flat or nothing or i didn't have a good run and it took me a long time for me to finally realize i don't have to go that fast you know when i first started spartan race like going all in of spartan race in 2018 i was still only doing like 30 miles a week maybe less than that, but like everything was like 550 to six flat pace. It was crazy. 
um, I just had that in my mind. Like my coach is like, like the coach, the only coach I had that knew anything about running, he was telling me six fifteen pace. You have to do that. So that's what I thought you had to do. Um, and then I got hurt in 2018. I, I got a stress fracture in my right heel. And then, um, and then I just started, I started training for a marathon out of nowhere. My buddy, Josh, who's a, I'm in this running club and he's ahead of it. He got, you can't, you can't do that 615 pace every day if you want to do anything. So I, um, I read that Scott Fitz, is it Scott Fitz drill, 80, 20 rule? The, the um, book? I don't know if it's Scott, but yeah, I know. I think it's, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I read that. I was like, this makes total sense. So, um, and the 80, 20 is 20% of your run should be hard. 80% should be easy. Essentially like wrap. Yeah. Up. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then when I, you start doing research and you see Kipchoge, the fastest marathon of all time, like he do, he does his long runs, like 730 pace. Ryan Hall used to talk about doing his 20 mile runs at like eight minute pace. And I'm like, this, if they're going to do it and they're pretty good, it has, it has to work. So, um, that's what I started doing. It's, um, so throughout my week, it's easy four to five times a week, just like, don't let my heart rate get over 140 at all. And then, um, you know, two or then another two or three times a week, it's just intervals. And like, those are the days you can go hard basically. For sure. And that makes, that, that, that's a really kind of hard thing to kind of grasp because when you are out there, you want to make the run feel productive and it's yeah. hard for a run to feel productive when you're going so much slower than you know you're capable of doing. And when the ultimate goal is to get faster, but to get faster, like you have to recover and you can't, mm-hmm. and you can recover and still improve your endurance by running slow. So like, w- did you get right onto the heart rate thing or is that something that I, I, I want to say I'm huge in a heart rate. You know, I've been running since I was 12 years old, like more, I've been more knowledgeable these past two years than I ever have been. But like, I know when an effort is, you know, easy or hard for me. Like I, sh- I, like if you're know your body well enough, you should just be able to go out and run and not look at your heart rate and be like, this is an easy run. Like I, I don't feel winded. I don't feel tired. Like I can, I can talk to somebody if I wanted, if I wanted to this whole time. So like, so sometimes I'll go off for an easy run and my heart rate would be 150, but like I feel 160, but, but I feel fine. Like I could have talked to somebody that whole time. Like mm-hmm. basically it's, it's mostly on feel now. It's, um, pretty always been on feel like I know when I'm overexerting myself at the end of every run or the middle of every run. Yeah. And that's a great point when it comes to having that rate of perceived exertion, right? Like if you do it long enough, you should know like what is fast and what is slow. And a lot of times people kind of get stuck in that gray where it's like kind of fast all the time. Like when you were running like six minute, six fifteen pace is something that it's fast, but for you at your caliber, like it's not a breakneck speed. Yeah, but it's like, not slow, but it's just like a, not productive. Like it doesn't make it just doesn't do anything. Yeah, and like if you train six fifteen pace every day, like eventually that would be easy. You know, I remember in college we. It I would, it would, it would feel, feel it would feel easy. Feel easy. It, just, it, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be easy. Yeah, it would feel body, easy. Like, like I remember we were like okay like longer run today 630 pace and we were training at six flat pace for like a couple weeks like yeah this is no problem but then looking back at it now it's like that was so stupid for us to do that like no i I remember like bracken coming on here it's like no wonder like 
we didn't race well at towards the end of the season. Like we just, we were just so beat up. I know. And it's, and that's that's the ultimate ultimate goal, right? right? Is to to race well. Yeah. So, so like when you're hammering every time and you don't know why things are, aren't getting better, like that's a really hard like concept to swallow because it means kind of working less hard (laughs) and you need to really just back things off. So I like the idea of, and like the heart rate thing, I agree. I, just straight up don't listen to my watch if it's saying my heart rate is really high sometimes because I know what my effort is and I've been doing it long enough that I I understand. And when my watch tells me, oh, you need, I have like a new one of the Garmin, like six, some six, Uh six, 90 somethings or whatever. And it's like, oh, you need 45 hours to recover. I'm like, listen, (laughs) (laughs) I almost, I like, I want to turn that off. I'm like, I'm going to throw this watch Uh in the garbage. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so coming like straight from running then and kind of bringing it back after you kind of put on some muscle, what? And obviously that first race didn't go well, no, right? No, no, that's still the hardest thing. That is the hardest race I've ever done in my life. Still, I have a pretty, that's I have a pretty similar story. Yeah. Where it's just like my first race, I went out with it and I just oh. died. I was in the mountains. I had no experience, and I just thought, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an endurance athlete. I'm a runner for yeah. ever. I'm gonna smoke these people, and I didn't. I went into the dunk wall. It was like 30 degrees out there. I went into the dunk wall and I started like hype. I started getting like hyperthermia and I, I, I thought I was about to die. I really, I couldn't breathe for like two to three seconds. And like, that's still the hardest race I've ever done. I, 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 I can't believe I kept doing this, but it's still the hardest thing I've ever done. Isn't it funny too? Like if you went back and did that race again, it'd, it'd be a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like <laughs> it's so crazy how that works out. Like, Oh man, I look back and I'm like, yeah, Nick, you were so stupid. So stupid. But like you, you go after after like that's two times that you had mentioned, like kind of racing quote unquote stupid. Like you went out, you took out the nationals at, uh, 800 and 201 (laughs) not a great race strategy but also you're just not scared and also going out and being like i'm going after this like i'm gonna stick my nose in it and then like if i die i die so and not everybody would approach things like that um so it's kind of good to have that once you can kind of understand what is stupid and what's not stupid (laughs) so um but what are some of the things that you did from that after that first kind of like debacle that really kind of helped hone in your training for the next ocr event so I didn't do my next one till exactly a year later, Atlanta 2017. Mm. Um, and you know how I, I said before, like I got back into running and I was just doing like 6.15, like I would go out for like a 30-minute run, 6.15 pace, 20-minute run, 6.15 pace. And that was cool. And like I came back and I was I definitely looked way more in shape in 2017 than I did in 2016. And I felt in better in shape. And um, I went back and I got 14th place at that Atlanta one. And I remember telling my dad, like, I made it. I'm a, I'm a guy, 14th place. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I still didn't know what, like, a, like a small Spartan race, a regional one was. I was like, I'm the man. Like, I remember going home and just being so cocky. But, like, yeah. The top this, 20s is legit, especially a year before after getting your ass literally kicked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I was, like, in fifth till the spear throw, and I missed it. Oh, so, yeah, you were up there. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm a guy. Like, Spartan, they should be looking at me. Like, I'm, I'm 20. I was 21 at the time, I think, or maybe 20. I was like, I'm the dude here. Fit Aid's uh, going to be calling me. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> oh, man, I remember just thinking so much of the world. And then um, 
so yeah, I, that was that's my that was my plan a whole for like a year almost, just like twenty to thirty miles a week and like as fast as possible. Like it was just I just had like I talk about like I just that college running just like psychologically in my head just like made me think anything slower than that just was not good enough. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was still going to school. I was like a junior in college then or senior in college. And like, I would talk to the track guys and like, they would be saying they would be doing the same exact things. I'm like, and they are way faster than me. So that's how I have to train. But, um, mm. so yeah, so I did that. And then, um, that's basically what I did for like a majority of my time. But um, it worked. Like it worked. Like I got on some podiums doing that. Um, but like it wasn't consistent at all. Like I got on some. Yeah, and if if you can, and like you're running more than you had yeah. the previous year, right? Oh, so like just like increasing yeah. the frequency and increasing the volume, you're gonna see some sort of results. And like you have talent as a runner, so just like bringing it back, like just getting better shape is gonna lead you there. But um, from where you were there and, and from last year you had a great year and this year you were named on, on the pro team. Congrats. Hey, you um, too. thank you. And <laughs> so wh- like when, what kind of things then did you add now that you, you mentioned your volumes a little bit higher. So like, did you just literally cut back on how fast you were running or did I, I started training for a marathon in the end of 2018 did not do the marathon well, but I, I learned how to run far. And I just kind of like one, like I used to never liked running like more than five miles. And then like when I was training for the marathon, I was like, I'm just gonna have to suck it up and do it. And, um, ever since then, I've just been on the runner's high. They say basically like the long distance running, running slower. Like it, like, yeah, rich, like overnight, it just happened. Like I'm done running fast. I'm running slow and I'm running much longer. Um, it was like, it was just cold Turkey one day. Huh? And then, and then when did that, when did you start doing that? And then did that, that's kind of when at like around when I got off my stress fracture in, um, July of 2018, or June of 2018, I got, I, I was covered from my stress fracture. And I mean, my oh, so you got a stress. Oh yeah. You got that stress yeah, yeah. in your heel, which is not surprising. Yeah. Like going out and no. pounding every day. Yeah. Oh gosh. That hurts so bad. And, um, I remember going to the Fort Knox Spartan race. I, it was like a month later and I was still trying to do my little training and I just got my butt handed to me in like a four mile race. I was so out of shape and, um, I was going through my Strava and I'm like, no wonder I'm so out of shape. Like I'm, I'm just not putting in the work. And like, like I just remember after that Fort Knox Spartan race, it's just like a light bulb clicked in me and I just started like, I, I had to train, I had to train, I had to train smarter and I had to put in more volume. And, um, I've been doing every week since like September of 2018, I haven't missed a week of at least like 40 miles a week. Um, except for like the two weeks in December, I give myself off for, mm-hmm. of, you know, you gotta give eventually yourself off in Spartan race, but like I haven't missed at all. And um, I take a lot of pride in that. Like it's consistency, consistency over every week, every month, and hopefully for many years, I get to like thirty, and I'm just killing it. I'm hoping. And that's huge because the consistency is what people will miss sometimes. There's very short sighted, like an approach to training Train. a lot, where people are like, "How long will it take me to get to a podium?" And it's like, well. 
Well, it could take, it'll take years. And it, it just depends on how well and how consistent you can really get that in. And like, that was a good practice that you did was looking at your Strava and being like, all right, I think I'm working hard. It feels like I'm working hard, but like, let me just see like, and then from there taking it and being like, oh, I can definitely do a little bit more. And then trying, you know, like, and trying to see what more and more looks like. So like, how do you kind of go about managing your, your training load and volume now? Or do you just try to like, do you know, that's like a sweet spot where you're in that 40 yeah, my to 50? Sweet, my sweet spot is 45 to 50. I'm hoping this year I can go over 50, but I know my sweet spot, 45 to 50. Like, you know, I still have a full-time job. I work eight to four 30, 40 hours yeah. a week. And then I officiate at night. So like, I can't go out here doing 60 miles a week. Like it's, it would be kind of hard. I, I could, you know, I don't have, you know, I live with my parents. Like I don't have any stress in my life. So I'm very blessed that way. I could do that, but 45 to 50, I know if I can get that in with a couple quality workouts, like that's my sweet spot. And everybody just has to find their sweet spot. And it takes time to, like, I thought, I thought before like, my sweet spot was 30. It's like, nope. And I, then I experimented, like when I was training from a marathon, when I was doing like, I did like 60 a couple weeks, like, nope, that's not it either. Mm like 45 to 60 like i mean 45 to 50 i feel i feel really i feel like i've put in a lot of good work but i know i can i've recovered just as well as anybody too and you're getting results yeah and I'm, racing getting, well. I'm racing really well and you know you know I, I i have injuries like i've talked to you about and a lot of people know about my rib that pops out of place yeah what's the uh, deal with the rib because i don't know man like like that's what I have to monitor that. I, you know, go back to that populous question. The woman who pops in my rib, I have to bring her. I have to bring her. <laughs> so one not. rib repopper. Yeah. Um, dude, it's the craziest. Since I was 15 years old, I remember the cross country race. I was 15. I thought I just had a side cramp, and then the next day I was walking up the stairs to, to a school, and it's just my side still hurt, and. It hurt for like three days. And I went to the athletic trainer. Her name's Sarah. She's still the one who pops in. And she's like, it feels like your rib is out of place. And I was like. I'm like, it didn't get hit. You were just running? No, I was literally just running, man. Like, she's like, you might have sneezed hard. that <laughs> You might have sneezed really hard that day. And it just popped out. It's like, she goes, it happens. Like, it shouldn't happen again. It's, it's my floating ribs that connects to my costal cartilage. And she just pops it back in. And through the rest of that cross country season, it never happened again. And I think it was one from playing baseball, you know, the constant throwing, cause it was on my right side. That's my throwing arm. Oh, you know, I, I just long tossing every day. And then the, the torque of the bat, when you swing, I think it just, it just hurt it more than like my junior high school, like every race, like with a half a mile to go, it would pop out. And it hurt. It hurts really bad when it does. And then, like my senior year of high school, was like as soon as I started a race, it would pop out. It's it's the craziest thing. It, it is, hurts. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> like like I can't. Like it's just the stabbing. It just something feels like it's just stabbing you constantly. And even like when I'm when it's popped out and like I'm not running and I'm just home like relaxing, I like you feel something just poking you. Like it's hard to relax. Like, like I just got it popped in the other day and there's still swelling in my back. Like sitting right here right now, like it's, it's not comfortable to sit down right now. Almost. It's like a very dull, like throbbing. Like you can just feel something throbbing under your side. It's really weird. I don't get it. Yeah. Cause 
you wear the if no one's seen you they may have seen you because you have like the kt tape all KT over tape. your Sponsor. your side yeah it says holler at rock tape got, got to check your contract first um yeah so those so are there things that you've needed to do for that like are like oh, i would I went to therapy when I was in high school for it with my athletic trainer, Sarah. It worked. It didn't work. Like some days it just, I feel really great. What happened, you know, those two years I didn't run, I gained a bunch of muscle and that has helped me out tremendously. It's having muscle. Um, I think it's just, I'm more sturdy. Like my spine is better. My lower back is better. Uh, my, my abs, my abdominals are a lot stronger. That's helped me out a lot. Obstacle course racing has helped me out a lot. Seems like it'd be um, worse because, like, you can get hit. Like, yeah, I fall down yeah. and hurt myself all it's the time. Not, it's yes, uh, it's not getting hit that pops it out. It's just over exerting yourself. Like your diaphragm expands too much. Like, is it? Yeah, like, like your lungs. Like my lungs just, I just taken in so much oxygen, and then I don't like the. I, I don't have like they've told me like I don't have enough cuffs or cartilage to keep my floating ribs on my right side in place. So then when I overexert myself and like my, like my lungs just start breathing so much, like they just pop out. And the, like, here's the thing, an obstacle, like in a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon you do, like, there's no breaks. You're like, you're going hard every time. You can smash yourself. You're good. Yeah. And, but like, you know, an OCR, like we're going to go run in Jacksonville. We're going to have to go through that Creek um, or a couple of creeks and run through mud. And yeah, you're going to go fast, but you don't have to go five not 5k pace. pass not yeah, not yeah 5K, like, 5k pace and like that's what obstacle course racing has helped me i mean mm. i kind of like forced me like these mini obstacles like these like running through a creek running through mud like like as long as i could get a break in it helps my rib tremendously and i don't know why i so i remember going up um um the wrigley field spartan race and my rib was about to pop out i can just feel it and we had to do the sandback carry and i just like I'm going to get a break right here. And I was fine the rest of the race. It's mm. it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and what kind of what, things like you mentioned putting on some muscle a couple of times now, are you, are you still able, you know, with working full time, two different jobs, uh, are you still able to hit the weight room? Like how do you make, how does that fit into your training? Yeah, yeah. Well? So I try to at least two or three times a week, um, especially on the weekends if I'm free, just get out of the weight room. I do a lot of, excuse me, a lot of stuff for the lats, a lot of, um, you know, just calisthenics, um, a lot of balancing work. So yeah, I can still get to the weight room on most evenings and I'm, I'm not there for like an hour. Like I try to be in the weight room 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops, mm. like get in, do my stuff and get out basically. And really, it's something that it sounds like you're focusing mostly on things that will translate directly to the race, like pulling yeah. strength, balancing, and uh-huh. not necessarily uh, building up big strength progressions. No, no, like the most strength, like, you know, I'll still do bench press every now and then, like, and I'll still do military press. I think military, anything overhead helps you out in obstacle course racing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you ever have to do a double sandbag, I think that helps out a lot. But yeah, I'm not like, really focus on hitting a PR or any, or a new max lift. I'm more focused in like all my lifts. Like it's as many, it's like a runner. It's as many reps as possible. A lot of sets and like short time in between and just try to build up the endurance. 
Got it. And you've helped, and you found that that really helps. Well, definitely helps for race day prep, but also helps kind of keep that mass on. Do you do you yeah. monitor that, or do you know like is there a sweet spot for what your weight and body comp is like? Or you just- my sweet spot, you know, I don't I don't look at the scale a lot. Like I know, like right now, I probably weigh around one eighty. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, and I think if I get down to like one seventy five, one seventy two, I think that is like last year when I was racing well, I was around one seventy, one seventy two. Um, I'm not worried about Jacksonville cause it's just a 5k. Like if I was doing a beast, then maybe, um, but yeah, it's, early. Like, it's so early. So early. You know? yeah, like, yeah. 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 Like you have to like, especially like I've been doing more time in the weight room now because it's February and we got a long year ahead of us. Like I don't want to, my muscles to break down and it's cold. And, in Illinois. Like, yeah. Um, uh, it's like 50 degrees right now. Nice. Yeah. It's a good day here too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Just try to keep all my muscles in balance all the time because it's obstacle course racing. It's or any runner should, but like obstacle course racing, it takes everything out of you. You have to use everything. But like, even like when I was just starting weightlifting or weightlifting now, I know I'm taking my training seriously, but I'm a way faster runner at 180 pounds when I was 150 or 140 pounds in college. I'm way faster now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the- it's clear you know how to train yourself better. Like you've explored and you, and you found what works best for you. And it seems to be the same as far as how your body comp is as well. And how that relates to performance, because that's something that does get kind of slippery with runners, right. Is like less and less and less. Yeah, Like, you know, the Nike thing that's came out like, Oh, the Mary Kane or yeah. Yeah. Mary Kane. Or, I mean, even, I mean, I kind of got that in my school. I mean, I went to, my junior college and I weighed 170 pounds. That's and, that's like huge. <laughs> dude, I was yoked <laughs> for a, for a cross for a runner. cross country guy. They're probably like, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah, I, I wasn't like huge or anything. I just had I just had summer weight on from not no, training. You're just a regular um, you're just a regular yeah. looking person. You're not yeah. sickly. No, and I remember like my coach telling me like you got to get down to 150, and I was like, well, why? He's like, well, you have to, so you can be faster. Like I, like it was nothing like obviously like with Mary Kane or any of the Nike people went through, but like it happened there. Yeah, it happens everywhere. Like this idea of like being the skinniest, which you know, the skinnier you are, the leaner you are. Like you don't see the marathoners weighing 180 pounds. You don't. But like you don't. If somebody feels comfortable at 170 or 160 and they're racing well, they don't need to drop anything. It's I mean, it's hap- it happens everywhere. That idea where this you have to get smaller to be a better runner. Totally, and that's not always the case, right? Like you said, when you're at a comp- body comp that you're happy with and you're eating an, an appropriate amount, you'll recover better, you'll sleep better, you'll be less stressed. Yeah, as so on the opposite, will be better. It's just totally better. Totally. And like, yeah, and that's something that does happen to endurance athletes. They're really prone to like upper respiratory infections just because they're like aren't getting enough calories in and that's how it manifests to just get sick. So, um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's also what's nice about OCR is that there is a balance, right? There is a balance yeah. of what your body, you need to be resilient. You need, your body needs to be able to handle a lot. So it, it helps to have someone there. Um, and so when you're taking the running, you know, you're, you're 40, 50 miles a week. Uh, that's like kind of your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, doing calisthenics, doing some, obstacles straight up strength stuff are you just kind of taking both of those things both those different areas and then keeping them separate and then on race day you just kind of put it together or are you yeah, blending the two 
during it's training. Like, you know, you'll never see me go out for a run and just stop in the middle of my run and start doing burpees. You'll never see me do that. It's always separate. It's usually I do my runs in the morning before work, helps me wake up a little bit, and then I'll do my lifts in the afternoon. Um, yeah, then on race day, like everything just comes together almost. Yeah, I, I never feel like exhausted coming off an obstacle. Like, you know, some people will train. Like, my good friend Jordan Bushimi, like, one of the best people I know, and he's a really good racer in OCR. Like, is he one of the, is he one of the three Jordans or is he a, he, he, he's one of the three Jordans. Oh, okay. exactly. So we've he's talked about of, each, each Jordan, Jordan in your, Jordan, in your um, life now. Okay. Jordan Bushimi, he's, I mean, he's a great Spartan racer. Yeah, he's, he's a pro team member. Yeah. Um, like, he'll talk about in, on his runs, he'll go out. And he'll do lunges and push-ups and all that in the middle of his runs. And it works for him. And that's awesome. But, like, for me, it doesn't it doesn't correlate. Like, I don't know. I just put it all together on race day, basically. For sure. Yeah, and I've, I've yeah. talked to people who are similar to you who have uh, an expansive athletic background, you know. Yeah. And you're also not that far removed from playing, like, real sports. So uh, I think a lot of times people need to kind of remember how to move and do multiple things at once and having that kind of like transition work really helps, but it's got to be easier to train like how you are just like be confident and be ready to attack obstacles going in. Have you found like, I know you did a, a race this past weekend. How you feeling about that? That one. So that one was rough. Shout out to St. Louis Hazelwood obstacle course racing park or whatever they call themselves because that was a 50 mile obstacle course race in two miles that that was 50 obstacle 50 obstacles that were two miles right like 30 of them were like grip strength stuff right and and just real quick i just want to jump in like because that's the one piece i haven't really talked about is the the grip stuff Mm -hmm. and i know for me when i came in i was i had been in the weight room since for like starting in like 08 and then did CrossFit from like 2011 and my first Spartan, I think it was like 2016. So I was like, I got this. Like these obstacles are not going to be that hard, but my grip strength actually sucked. And I was like really in the weight room and I had been doing strength things, but like I couldn't do grip strength obstacles like at all. So like, is that something that just translated well? And, and- it, it did like, um, coming from the athletic background, like, I know I know how to move my body well, momentum well. Like grip strength to me, like it came very naturally, especially for Spartan race. I've never found any of their since after my first race. I've never found any of their grip strength obstacles any challenging. Heck, I've never fallen off any of them um, since my first race. Really? Like the only thing I failed is um, spear throw, and I fell off Z wall once. I was just flip the tire every time. Yeah, flip the tire every time. That's cool. um, yeah, let's go. Um, but yeah, I've never, um, I've never, never had a problem with Spartan race obstacles. That one, I mean, they had a fifty foot rig, and it just, I got like forty seven feet of that fifty foot rig. This is the St. Louis race, right? Yeah, yeah, and they had us do forty burpees if you fell off, and I was like, man, I should have fell off like at ten feet if I'm going to do forty burpees. <laughs> <laughs> My grip was so blown up after that point. Um, but yeah, I've never struggled with Spartan race or a savage race um, with any kind of grip they've had. Those, those have always came pretty natural to me. And you just attribute that to just having that athletic background, being able to move and, and being able to know how to like kind of maneuver yourself through space. Yeah. And like, you know, there was a phase when I, those two years when all I did was lifting, like all I did for like 
in that phase for a long time was just body weight stuff, like a ton of pull-ups. Um, my friend, my friend has like kind of like some obstacles at his house. So like we did a ton of pull-ups, a ton of like different grip strength pull-ups and stuff like that. And like, um, you know, I might go to the park a couple times a month even and practice on the monkey bars or other stuff like that. But yeah, that that's always came natural to me. And I, I attribute to like an athletic background and like being well-rounded for all the sports and everything. Mm. Yeah. It's nice to be able to have that approach and just kind of worry about your fitness at that point. Right. It's not yeah. like, uh, I, I know I had spent a lot of time doing like farmer's carries and like, you know, rock climbing to just help build up my rock, my strength where I wish I could have been just working on my fitness. <laughs> so now that like when you have that, what are some of those, like, you know, those 80, 20 workouts, what, is, what are those 20% wor- uh, workouts look like for you? So most of my like intervals, like they're more like, you know, minute based. They're not like 800s or like 400s. Like, like it's like today, like today I'm going to do, you know, it's a, ta- it's, I'm kind of tapering off, but today I'm going to do like four to five by three minutes, like around 5k pace and then two minute jog recovery. But like those two minute jog recovery, that could be almost even a walk, like just barely moving. Uh, but the the minute aspect, like going hard for those four to five minutes. Well, I mean, those three minute intervals at like a set, like I want to hit my 5k pace time with those. And then, or other things, I can't even think of them. Like I do a bunch of three minute intervals, two minute intervals, all the way up to a 10 minute intervals. Like, um, I just, I don't go to the track. I, I go to the track some, but even if I go to the track, it's more just minute intervals. And then I usually cut my, my rest is usually, it's never more than two minutes for anything really. So if I even do like a tip, like two by 10 minute intervals, like I'm doing a two minute rest. Wow. Um, it's still a fat, still that fast. Yeah. Like, no, no, not If I do 10 minutes, it's not going to be like a, that'd be more like a half marathon or a 10 minute or a 10 mile or pace. Uh-huh. But like, um, like I try to keep my intervals very short and really work hard on the i mean i try to keep my rest intervals really short and just work hard on the running aspect and if i say i go out like i want to do eight by three minutes with two minute with two minute rest like if i if i got to five my fifth rep and i feel like i did a pretty good day of work there i'll just quit it at five um i know a lot of people like that's not like a cool mindset but like you know, I'm not, I'm not taking a whole lot of rest. Like I'm putting everything I have in those, those intervals. And if I can't make it at eight, I won't push myself to eight. Totally. And that's smart. Like it's being able, again, like we talked about before where it was a matter of like knowing what your perceived exertion is on those runs, like knowing what an easy run is, you have to know what you're capable of and like doing three extra reps and your pace falling apart and having it just suck. Like that doesn't help. Like that doesn't help like your mindset. It doesn't help you physically. That just sucks. (laughs) You would just be doing it for, like you said, that cool mindset, like, Oh, no quit. Um, Yeah. It's like, you could put up a motivational quote, like no pain, no gain type of stuff. But like, it's just not smart (laughs) to do that. Um, Cool. So it's like really kind of speed based, huh? Like a lot of it is not going over 10 minutes. I mean, even if the 10 minute interval is say at half marathon pace, um, you're never really stretching like things longer, like the 20, 30, like longer type tempos. You're mostly kind of hitting that speed. Yeah, yeah definitely. speed. like, I'll do a, you know, nobody loves tempo work, but I'll do a 20 to 30 minute tempo run. Um, those are obviously like, 
I think every runner hates like a, a 30 minute tempo run or like a 20 minute tempo run, like at your max, like effort almost like I hate those. So I don't do that. I really, I, I break them up and it's worked, it's worked well for me. Um, I mean, I like doing them. Like you got to like doing your workouts. Yeah. Um, like you want, I like feeling fast, so I'm going to run fast and I don't want to do a 5k pace for a 20 minute tempo. I, I don't like doing that a whole lot. So, um, you got to love your workouts. So totally, man. And that's something that is almost counterintuitive at the same way, but like, cause you should do things that you, that you don't, that if you don't like doing it, you're probably not great at it. That's probably why you probably should do it. But like, you need to have joy in your workouts as well to really get the most out of it. And like, look forward to training is like the mental aspect of it is just as important than, than the physical. So, um, and I think that will just kind of help with your overall results as well. Is, is that kind of how you, um, pick your races and everything too? Or, or are you just kind of going over like the Spartan schedule this year? Spartan schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like to be, you know, probably my best would be a, a sta- I, I would probably do really well in the stadium series or like, or like just doing sprints. Like, like that's, I'm better at the shorter, but like, I don't like, like, I want to be able to do everything. Like I remember last year in the month of June, for example, I did the Ohio beast and I got second place. That was a 13 mile course. And then two weeks later I ran a PR in the mile. Like you ran really fast too, right? Four twenty. That's crazy. Was that on the road? It was on the road. It's, it's a little downhill. A little downhill. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and say it's downhill. <laughs> you know, I didn't do any specific track workouts for that or any, like I did a couple, I went to the track like every Sunday for four weeks prior to that, like nothing huge, like yeah. one track a week for a month. Um, I mean, there was just so many fast people now. Like I was going again. What, what wins that time? What wins that? That guy ran a 406. Is he that? Fa- is he a four? Is he like a four oh four guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it was just so like I finished tenth place. If I ran like a four, like eighteen or four seventeen, I would have got like fourth. Oh, is that tight? Oh, it was that like? It was just so easy to run fast that day. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I will count that as a PR. I ran. Uh, I ran. It's a PR. It's a PR. <laughs> for one mile. Were the uh, the Palmerton courses? Uh, the the mountain series races like close to where my parents grew up so i do a lot of my training there or my, where my parents live where i grew up and i like practice bombing downhills and there's one you know you can go down for over a mile and uh-huh. i was smoking downhill one time and ran 409 but i don't know if that counts at a 15 percent 15 percent grade 15 percent, but that might not oh count. that's the hey. cutoff yours counts mine doesn't count yeah, exactly oh okay hey, you uh, did it though i did i did travel off. For a mile at 409 so um technically that's my pr um cool so you're thinking are you how do you do in the mountains i don't you, i didn't see you i mean you did I west virginia yeah i do okay um i'm not killing it i don't feel as confident but i do okay um yeah west virginia i was doing well till we got to the swim and then we had that next bit climb and that's when i really and that fell. that may have also been a a 201 type of first 800 situation. Do you think like, cause you were out with like the, I went out at like, Oh my gosh. I remember my dad. I don't know why I listened to my dad. Cause he has, there was nothing about racing. He just believes nothing. in you. He's just like, do it. He believes in me more than anybody. And like, he's <laughs> and he knows nothing about running or racing. And, um, 
I listened like we were listening to this um old, this um trail podcast, um East and East Coast trail runners or whatever something like that. And like mm-hmm. there's this guy that went on there. He goes, yeah, my best days are when I just you know there's a lot better competition to me, and I just went out with them at first, and I just hanged on, and. I've never done well when I've gone out fast and just hanged on. I've never done it. And my dad's like, do it. And I was like, much hanging okay. On. <laughs> okay. So I went out, I went out and, um, you know, I was, I went out, but then like we got to the hill section and I probably went back to like that 15th, like top 15, like where I probably should have been. Yeah. Where, where I figured you would be like, I remember at the starting yeah. line, we were talking like, yeah, top 10 would be great. But like yeah. you, uh, Josh and I were just kind of like, yeah, like top 10, top 15, be sweet. Top 15. Well, I, well, I probably should have started out then, but like, and then that was, you know, I've never done well with nutrition during a race. And I was taking my goo, my gels, um, shout out to Hammer Nutrition. They failed me, but, um, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know, like, this is just me being young and dumb. I didn't know that like, you have to take water with your gels or like they take water from other parts of your body. Mm-hmm. I know. That's what I found out. That's what I learned. What somebody told me after the race. So I, I was just taking them and not drinking any water while I was running or at the water stations. And I just started cramping up mm-hmm. and got to the swim and I can't swim. I about drowned. I was trying to drink the water. I was trying to, I think what was happening, I was trying to drink all the lake water. So there was no water there. That didn't work. No, it didn't work. No, that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> and then I was just like, That'd have been great because that, like, I don't, I don't know if we, were, I don't remember where you and I crossed paths on that, but if you would drink that water for me, because that swim ruined me. It, it oh, ruined me. Like, my, my life jacket came unzipped, and like I couldn't get it back zipped while swimming, and like I, I look at my Shrava and I was like seventh hundredth, like for the swim. On the swim. <laughs> oh, Maybe I passed in the swim. <laughs> uh, you know. And I remember going after that race, and I was like, "Dad, I blew it. Like that was my chance to come, like, like, like actually be like one of the top people in the sport. Like I blew it, Dad." He's like, "Nick, nobody in China cares how you did today." And I'm like, "You're true. That's right. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares about how I did today." That's his famous saying. He was like, "Nick, nobody in China cares how you did." I'm like, "That's absolutely true." That's like fair. And um, that's like I hold on like, everything in racing. Like if I win a race, I get dead last. Like it's cool to win a race, but like. I'm not making a living off it, so like, like who, like who really cares about it? I do for a little bit. My parents do, but like, I'm gonna go to work the next day, and it's not gonna really mean anything. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I, I battle with that sometimes too, and like, I wrestle with it because of how much I do train. I'm like, is this yeah. reasonable? But like, you know, it just makes you happy, and everyone has that thing where it's like in them to just be proud of like the thing that they're doing. And that's kind of how I approach it. I'm like, yeah, no one really cares. Nobody cares about OCR really, but no. that's, yeah, that's why, um, there's no sponsors knocking at doors, but, uh, but, but yeah, man, like that's, you gotta go after it and you gotta, and like, that's something that I've like commend you for that's come up a couple of times is just going after it and then just uh-huh. seeing what happens and then just learning from those experiences and just being able to like take that and then, um, learn and apply it to the next one. So yeah, those, ra- those races that I've gone out hard, it's like, I thought I had to go out hard if I wanted to get that top 10 or like win the race. And I didn't do it. And you know, you learn and you train harder. Totally. And then, yeah. or, or smarter, like you have before you, yeah. you trained hard and you trained smart. And now you're kind of figuring out as you go. Um, so you're thinking, are you thinking us national series or are you yeah, going to do stadium? 
U.S. National Series. You're doing it? Nice. Yeah. Um, if there's ever a year for me to, like, you know, sprint super right off the bat, right there, it's flat courses, so it's first two. Um, you did well in Seattle last year. did well in Seattle last year. Is there ever a year for me to, like, try to get in the top ten of the National Series? Um, I think this would be the year. So I'm going to try it out, see what happens. Yeah, man. If you do well enough and you just keep showing up, like you'll do, you'll do well. Dude. Like, you know, Bracken says sometimes like you just got to outlast people and like it's a long year, train smart, outlast them, um, make it to all the races and race well in those races. Nice. So you got them all, you have them all blocked off. Like you're ready to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And will, will I see you at stadiums at all? Are you going to do? Yeah. yeah I'm going to do the stadium series that, I can make it to like that. Don't fall on Seattle and Utah. I'll be at those other three. Oh, sweet. You're going to be in New York. No, New York falls on Seattle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What is it? So Dallas, I'll, I'll be at Dallas. Just New York and Anaheim are the two that conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be at Dallas. I'll be at the one in um, Philly. Philly. I'll then, And then Boston, right? Yeah. I'll be at those. Cool. And there's cool. a one in, um, how far is, uh, uh, Indiana, okay. like bend or whatever. Yeah. Me. About five hours for me. I'm in the very bottom of Illinois, but that's five hours. I'll do that. In the Midwest, five hours is like a half an hour. That's easy. Yeah, every, you're close to everything. Right? I feel like I'm five hours from everything. I really am. Yeah, five hours in the East Coast is like I will never drive that. But in the in the Midwest, I'll just do it. Yeah. Um, sweet man. And so you got you got some some of your own coaching going on as well, right? So you're helping out some athletes. Like, yeah. What, what kind of uh, what kind of people are you looking to help out? So, um, anybody. DMs are open, but, um, um, right now I've say locally, um, mm-hmm. Southern Illinois, and we have this huge running club called river river runners. Um, shout out to river river runners. I love those people. Huge running club. Um, I was actually just voted male after the year in that club, but nice. um, Congrats. Thanks. there's a couple people. Um, there's three people, maybe a fourth year coming that, you know, they're just wanting to PR in their five K's and 10 K's and try some ultra marathons. And, um, I'm just helping out with them. So it's like all those people, they have no really, they love though, you know, they started running in their thirties and in their late thirties now. So like, they don't have a huge knowledge of running. Like, like, um, one lady, not one, one guy, he's like, you know, I never do well in my five game. Like, what do you do for a warm up? He goes, so I just show up to the line. I'm like, well, we're going to, we're going to work on that. He goes, well, I don't like sweating. I'm like, before I race, I'm like, well, we're going to work on that. Like, <laughs> The better you warm up, the Maybe better steps. you get ready. You know, so um, so mostly right now it's helping these people that are much older than me just hit a huge PR in the five k in the ten k or a half marathon, really. Um, just gradually, you know, you know, just gradually increasing the miles. Looking back, like they never done a training log. I'm like, well, let's let's keep a training log, and then from a month from now, we'll see how we're doing. And we'll look back and like, oh, you did this time trial, blah, blah, blah. Now your heart rate was even lower and you did it even faster this time. So um, right now that's what I'm looking at. But I'll, I'm looking to train any OCR athlete, any, anybody that wants to get better at just hit a PR. or So you can be coming off the couch or you can be a high-level runner. I, I think I can help out, um, help out with strength training, help out with um, anything like that, yeah. For sure. And it seems like you're in a really good spot to do that, to help people, you know, learn, uh, from you and you've got, had a pretty vast experiences up to this point. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that you are helping cause you can't, you, you can kind of take for granted things like, Oh, did you warm up or, or are you logging your stuff? And you, you might not like, these are the things that people who are getting started 
that are, it's going to help them the most, you know, and that's yeah. definitely going to be uh, a, a great spot for you to kind of excel in. Um, so cool, dude. Yeah. So I will make sure to link your socials and everything in the show notes and just for pl- places of people to find you. What are the, what are those, those socials? Um, Instagram is in Riker five, like the Island. Like, uh, yeah, kind of like the Island. Do you spell spelled, it different? Spell different. R Y K E R. Well, how do you spell the Island? R I K E R. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Heaven <laughs> Ben, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to be there. Um, Oh yeah, that's that's the best way to get a hold of me. Instagram, shoot me a face. You can add me on Facebook. I'm Nicholas on Facebook instead of Nick. Um, but yeah, hit me up. Um, going really cheap right now since I'm just starting out. So you want a cheap coach? I'm your cheap coach. Get those intro rates up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate you popping on. Lots of great stuff here. People are really gonna like this, and uh, I think we'll see each other in Jacksonville. 